Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, the Players podcast, the Prognosticators podcast, the PD Light podcast, the only Flyers podcast. A lot of fun stuff happening in the hockey world. Very interesting uh, results in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, uh, well, listen, your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers, they are working behind the scenes right now to bring this team back to a steady dose of mediocrity. We're here to break it all down for you today. Very excited. My dear friend, my longtime co-host, Anthony Sanfilippo. And I are here. Ant, uh, how are you? You look delightful. It's been uh, it's been a week, right, Russ? It's been a little bit about it. It's, yeah, since we it's been a week. You this. you go off and you go do your Phillies podcast with Wankel, Big Bet Bob, <laughs> and uh, that's great. And I'm not jealous at all. But you know, twice a week, and then I have to listen to it and I have to edit it. You know, it's just it's a lot. Where where's 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 the love here? Yeah. Where's the love for these listeners, Anthony? No, it's, you know, baseball's in season. Hockey is not. And people are asking. Somebody tell the Phillies. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, But people have been asking, you know, when are the Flyers going to hire a coach? When are they going to hire a coach? That's a fair question. Um, And the the generic answer at this point is when Barry Trotz decides where he wants to go. Because when you look at it, there are openings all around the NHL, and no one's hired a coach yet. And the reason is, is because they're all waiting for that first domino to fall, yep. which is Barry Trotz. Um, he's talked to everybody. Uh, he's gotten, you know, he knows where he stands. Um, I'm sure that if he's, you know, once he gets it down between one or two teams, um, you know, he might go back and forth, you know, to negotiate a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is what it, what it comes down to. And the Flyers are in on Barry Trotz. They're not. You know they're not. You know I don't think they're the favorite, but I think I think they're in on it. And if if someone someone sent me a DM and asked, you know, what do you think the odds are? I said about thirty percent. And I think that that's wow. a, I think that's a fair judgment on, of where they would be with with Trotz at this point. Uh, there's about a thirty percent chance that he decides to come here. Um, hmm. That doesn't make it a favorable thing. It just makes it that it's 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 a possibility, but not. The best possibility. So what's so then? What's the Flyers' plan B? You might ask. Great question. Great question. And that's where things get interesting. Because I will tell you that their plan B. Let me frame it. Let me phrase it this way. You guys all know I talk to a lot of people, right? Both in the organization, outside the organization. Try and get. I want. I want to know what people inside are saying. I want to know what people outside are hearing. Uh, and then I try and, you know, p- put pieces together to ask questions, to follow up with certain people, and then see if I can get any, like, real intel. It's kind of how the job works, right? You put together the puzzle. You, yeah. You, let me ask you, are you are you more of a, uh, do you like to start with the outside of the puzzle first and then fill in the inside? Do you like to <laughs> the framework. Uh, start yes, with, you start the frame. do you like to start with the different sections you where start, it's like, oh, all the reds definitely go over here. Yeah, let's well, get all, I mean, let's collect can, all those If you reds. want to separate them, you know, at first, you know, mm-hmm. the big puzzle pile, you know, you want all the reds together. But no, you do look for sure. the edges. You look for the outsides. You look for the edges first. Um, okay. So that's you. That, yeah, that's you. That's how that's, I do That's it. you with efforting this, uh, yeah. this coaching search. Right. Okay. Um, 
and and I will tell you that Plan B is probably going to be predicated by what the Flyers think they can do this summer as far as roster construction. And what I mean by that is if they believe, if they honestly believe that they can make a big splash free agent signing and maybe a hockey trade or two to help the roster, that they could be competitive enough to make Tortorella their guy. But that if they don't believe that they can get those things done and they have to get them all done, then they're probably going to be a sub-500 team again um, and will probably go with a different coach, not John Tortorella. And then that mm-hmm. frame of reference you know, could be a um, Jim Montgomery, could be a um, Kirk Muller, could be you know, any, any number of, of guys that, are, that they've talked to that are not your top, mm-hmm. of, top echelon people. Yeah, that's what that's that's when you ask how the coaching search is going to go. I I really think that that's what. So to me, the longer that this goes with trots, the better it is for the Flyers. And I say that because it allows them to spend more time talking with other teams, talking with the agents, finding out what what you know what they can do once uh, once we get to the draft and free agency. and it also buys them time for what I think is an important piece of this is what's Ryan Ellis's health. Mm. Um, you know, we Chuck did say we'll see where he's at July one. Um, that's now twenty nine days away, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that will be another factor I think that kind of ties into this. If they if they get a sense going into the the final, like, as long as, it, I mean, if it's Trotz, it's Trotz. If Trotz decides he wants to come here, it's his job. There's no question sure. he's going to be the head coach, right? Um, whether mm-hmm. you're rebuilding, whether you're retooling, whether you're competing, no matter what you want to call it, if Barry Trotz wants to be the coach, he's got to, that's, it's his job to take. But if sure. not, and you have to make a decision, a lot of it's going to be determined by Ryan Ellis's health. Um, because if he can't play, and, and, and this injury is, is worse then they've let on. I mean, we missed a full season, so I guess it's pretty bad. But, I mean, the fact that they, you know, they came out and said, we're all on the same page, we'll be ready for training camp, I don't buy that a little bit. I don't, I don't think that they're on the same page. I don't think that there's a guarantee he'll be ready for training camp. There's a lot that's, I think that's being left on the table there that's not being, that's not being shared publicly. Um, if, he can, if he can't play, Russell – then I, I don't think that Tortorella is going to be the coach. Uh, but if he can, if they think, if they got confidence that he can come back and then they can make the two, one or two moves that they think that they need to make, then I think that John Tortorella is your next coach. So, that, so that's kind of a, it kind of becomes like a, you know, where are we ass- assessment after Trot says no and then make a determination. So that's, that's kind of with where things are on the coaching front with this team. All right. So, and I know you're spinning um, in your chair because you know what's going to be coming in future part of this conversation. 
that's tied into this. Yeah, well, uh, so, so so let's but let's, but let's let's let's, let's here, just okay? let's just leave it here for now. Let's we're, talk about we're, where, where we're at. Well, hold on. so so we're recording we're recording at night, and I've got my one of my kids' rooms is on the other side of this wall, so I don't I don't want to start unleashing profanity um, because well, it's not that I'm concerned that they're going to hear me. It's it's I don't want to wake them from their slumber um, to waste my breath and energy on this shit show that is currently unfolding. It's fine. I mean, the Flyers fired their coach in December. It's only been almost six months since there's been a head coach of this team. What's a few more weeks? Um, None of this is reassuring. None of this is particularly exciting. I'm not a big retread guy. I've been very clear about that since you and I first started doing this show four years ago. Wow, it's been four years. Four years ago. Um, I'm not a big retread guy. And you, you've tried that route with Elaine Vigneault. And if it's Barry Trotz, I will make an exception. But for John Tortorella, I will not. Now, if Tortorella gets hired, I'm sure we'll do a lovely interview. He'll be a lot of fun. He'll be a lot of fun to cover. But to me, you need to go through such a roster overhaul to allow John Tortorella to coach a team into some sort of contention. I don't want John Tortorella to be the coach of this team with, you know, a bunch of like fringe guys that get this team to like a bubble playoff spot. It's not what I want because long term that doesn't do your your organization any good. And I know that you and I differ about the way to build a team and the star-driven league. But if you look at the teams that are left in the postseason right now, to me, you know, whether this becomes what the league is going to be for the next five years or not, or if this is just an anomaly, you need a number of players that are the best at their position or top three at their position. And you need multiple of them in order to get to this level, to get to the conference finals. And the Flyers are so far away from it that like if, if you've sat back and watched the last couple of rounds or, or even just last round and, and the beginning of these conference finals, the sport that these four remaining teams are playing looks like an entirely different sport than what we watched the Flyers play this year and even last year. You're not close. And this is why I go crazy about why are we going to try to pacify the hockey ops side of things and say, yeah, guys, you know, you, you have fun. You build the team that you do this aggressive retool. Go ahead. It's going to be great. It's not. Now, is there a path to being not total garbage? Probably. Is it the right path? Probably not, because I think you're going to have to make a few moves that are either stupid or are ridiculously short-term mentality only. And so that brings me back to the coach. Why are we not hearing interviews with up-and-coming, rising, younger coaches in this league? Why haven't we heard that? Jim Montgomery, fine, but he, he's been there before. Mueller, fine. But, like, are there no good assistant coaches he's in this league? He's been there before, are too. There, are there no younger assistant coaches at well, any level of professional hockey? I know that they like David Quinn, too. David Quinn coached the Rangers um, before Gerard Gallant. Um, mm-hmm. He only had a short stint there, and then that's it. Um, but I think that they like him as well. I mean, he's a younger guy, younger coach. So I think that that's a possibility. But, I mean, you know, you know how hockey is, man. No matter where you go. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it's, it, no matter it's where just, you go. It's, it's incestuous. It's this very is incestuous. The, it's, the Philly, it's the Philly sports talk radio version of a sport. <laughs> it's just the same people again and again. It and is. when they don't win, 
it's just like, oh, the, he'll win with us. It doesn't always work like that. Yeah, I know. And so I think it's frustrating because I, I, I'm not saying you need to go out of the box. I'm not saying that you need to go back to like the Dave Hacks. I'm not saying go to the NCAA ranks and try to find the coach there. But you mean to tell me there's nobody in the A? There's nobody in the, a, in the ECHL. There's, there's no rising star coach. There's nobody that the hockey community well, so, is talking so, well, about well, here's how in it, terms of like, here's, here's somebody to keep an eye on. Well, here's it the might path. be early for him to, to assume the mantle. Well, here's, but here's Why the path. aren't we hearing those names? Here's the path. So Go ahead. If you work your way, if you're going backwards from the NHL, right? Mm-hmm. You, you look at the AHL. Sure. Or, or uh, NCAA. They're kind of yeah. about the same. Junior hockey. Mm-hmm. When you get beyond that, if you're starting to look at, like you said, ECHL or you know, um, you know, USHL or somewhere in Europe, they just don't. The NHL people just don't think that the experience is is good enough at those levels to bring them right into the NHL. That they have to work their way through. They have to work. They have to work their way into the machine. They have to work their way through Washington D.C. politics in order for. Yeah, them I mean, that's to how they, it's how it's viewed, and, and so it's. Uh, I mean, what, well, was, what was the line about well, Andy Dufresne? He had to he had to trudge through three football fields yeah, of shit to yeah. come out on the other side. Isn't it was something like that? Yeah, that's yeah. what it feels like. Well, and I need somebody after they listen to the episode to Photoshop, if it's Barry Trotz or if it's John Tortorella or whoever it is, like just just Photoshop that guy trudging through the mud of his NHL career to this point to come out and and welcome the uh, cleansing waters of the Schuylkill River because that's pretty much what we're talking about. So I, I don't want to be negative this episode. Like, my goal tonight wasn't to be negative, but I'm just sitting here going, you know, Ant, it's another week, and it really would have been great to hear that in, in the week since we talked, they've brought in at least one or two imaginative hires or outside-the-box hires or when I say hires I mean like um, candidates but it doesn't sound like they're doing it sounds like they're just kind of doing the same rinse repeat that every other team in the league is doing I think it's really disappointing and I think it just kind of speaks to delusion about what this team is and how the people who run the hockey side of things think they're going to just be able to I, magically turn I it just around. think it's I just think it's I just think it's hockey I don't think it's anything yeah. unique to the Flyers I think it's hockey I think this is what every team does um, yeah, some young assistants come come up and get their chances, and you know. But they've again, they've they've gone through the the, the process. I mean, there's a reason yeah. that Dave Haxtall was what oh, the first coach in twenty some years when he was hired by the Flyers, who came directly from the NCAA into an NHL job without being an assistant or coaching in the AHL or anything along those lines. Like he he was. It's only happened. He was the first one in two decades to do that, right? I mean, so. There's a reason, and that's that's the sport. It's just the way that the sport operates. Um, so I don't do know, all the Phantoms coaches suck? Like, are none of them good at anything? Well, who's like, the Phantoms coach? Phantoms coach is lappy. You said like they have assistant coaches. I'm saying like not, we haven't done like over the last however many years there hasn't been like a guy who served it as an assistant coach that you think, hey, you know what? If nothing else, maybe this guy can be an assistant coach at the NHL level. We're going to bring him in for a complimentary, uh, you know, interview. Uh, you know, if you want to call it a a um, the hell's the word? It's not complimentary. The, 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 it's a courtesy interview. Like you, you can't bring that in. Like I'm fine with that. Bring in the, the phantoms assistant coaches for courtesy interviews. Just pick their brains. What are we doing here? Anyway, I, we need to get off the coach. I don't, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be angry. (laughs) All right. So we're going to, maybe we'll be here in a week 
or in a few days, and the Flyers will have a coach, and we can talk about it, and we can act like it's going to be the second coming of, of Christ, and it's going to be great. But likely, they're going to hire a retread. It probably won't be Barry Trotz, and the team will try to sell us on this idea of the aggressive retool. So let's well, not necessarily. Let's continue. Not necessarily. Well, you said it depends on it depends on what the team does, yeah, and, and what they're able to maneuver on that side of things. So okay, let's let's play this game. Well, okay, so Anthony, let, go ahead. You, you you put together the red pieces over here, but why don't we why don't we try to do some of the border now? All right, let's do the player border, and maybe we can start to hoard some of the other pieces. Uh, to different sections of the puzzle. All right. So, so let's, what's going on in Playerland? Well, in Playerland, I mean, it's no, it's no secret, Russ, that they want to um, go and, and 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 sign at least one, uh, if not two, what they what they consider top end talents. Right. I mean, we've heard it for months that that's what the team needs, and that's what they're going to be looking to, to add, whether it's via free agency. Um, or whether it's you know through a hockey trade um, of some sort, but that's what they're they want top end talent. Okay. Okay. So if I say to you, who are the best talent targets in free agency? Well, you got Johnny Hockey. I don't know if you heard Ant, but he's got some local ties. <laughs> so there's Johnny Hockey, right? Johnny Gaudreau sure. from, from Calgary's free agent. Uh, Philip Forsberg, still a free agent, uh, whether or not Nashville actually re-signs him. Um, you know, he's probably the number two guy, you know, yeah. on, on that list. Um, and then, then a guy that we kind of speculated about, I, I want to say last off season as, as being somebody who might've been available in a trade. Yeah. And then beyond that, you're, you're really kind of going, yeah, maybe, uh, Burkowski, Colorado. He's 27. You know, maybe he's that next level guy, um, mm -hmm. the next level down. And we're talking. I'm, I'm, and I'm looking at guys that are under 30. Okay, I'm not looking at the, yeah. the older, the older group because I mean you can you can look at like Nazem you don't want to you don't want to sign Evgeny Malkin and uh, Chris Letang. Well, I mean you can look at Nazem like, really like, Kadri, right? Who had an 87 point season sure. for Colorado this year, but he's 31. Mm -hmm. Right, and then yeah. you got yeah, you got Malkin, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can turn this thing around real fast. Yeah, yeah. Latang, Malkin, Kadri, Johnny Hockey, get them all in the room together. <laughs> Everybody takes three and a half million, and a and a piece of Comcast Spectacor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who the, says no? Yeah, but there, I mean, there are there are interesting players that like that next tier down. Like like I said, Burakovsky's one. You know, Max Domi. Uh, he had a nice little run there for Carolina in the playoffs. He's like that next tier down. Um, you know, and maybe even a guy like um, like Ryan Strom uh, with the Rangers, kind of like that next. These guys aren't needle movers, right? Though. But they're not. But but these are but these they're are not. players they're... who like if you're if you're saying right, I'm going to get one of the stars, and then a second guy, maybe one of these guys, right? I mean, that's kind of sure. like what you're. That's fine. That's kind of like you're you're targeting, right? I mean, you're not you're not no. getting both Forsberg and Gaudreau, just because yeah. you're not going to be able to afford that, right? So, so that's what I'm yeah. trying to say. So you pick one of the of the of the elite tier, and then one of the next tier, and that's what you're targeting. So let's just you know who would have gotten. By the way, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. You know who would have gotten both Forsberg and Gaudreau? Ed Snyder. You know how he would have done it? He would have throat punched the salary cap, and he would have made it work. Well, you're something. I else. hate the salary cap. Can we please? Well, the salary cap being I hate the salary cap being a flat cap it. for yet another year. It. 
I hate it. Is is that's frustrating because it, that real it's it just it it cripples the sport in so many ways. Yep. Um, they you know they've had a full a year of full people attending games. They could have gone back to bumping it a little bit, and they're not. The fact that they're not is disappointing. Like this this, this should be a year where it's not flat anymore. It should be up again, <laughs> yep. but it's not. All right, so so let's so we're looking at those names, okay? Gaudreau the salary cap has long COVID. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Gaudreau is the guy that, in my mind, is the guy that they want first. Sure. Not just because he's local and, and would, you know, get everybody excited, you know, and, you know, get butts back in seats. But, I mean, you know, he had a 115-point season this year, right? I mean, it's, 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 you scored 40 goals. I mean, this was, this was an, an elite player in the NHL. Um, and and I think you know you're familiar with the guy. You're familiar with the family. You're familiar with a lot of people who know him. You maybe get a sense that he'd be willing to come here if the price was right. Um, mm-hmm. So what is that going to take? So you assume Gaudreau, who made what seven and a half this year, <coughs> it's probably going to be in the neighborhood of ten, right? It's, I mean, that's what, team, that's what teams are going to offer him, including Calgary, by the way. I, I, let's not make pretend Calgary is just going to just let him walk away. I mean, Calgary is going to be in on this and, and in hard. They're going to they're gonna really push to keep him. Um, and, and it's going to be in the neighborhood of $10 million is, is my guess. And you're going to probably have to give him – he's 28. You're probably going to have to give him six years. Six, maybe even seven. You maybe even have to go that extra year with he's John. He's almost 29. Okay. He's almost 29. So that's what I'm trying to say to you. You want to get to lock him in until he's 35 or 36. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so you're I, you're probably looking at a spe- at a at a guaranteed 60 million dollars for this guy. Okay. Now, if you're going to Flyers, how are you? How the hell are you signing Johnny Gaudreau? How are you finding 10 million dollars, or in that in in the case of the Flyers, maybe even a little bit more? Because it's probably going to take more than just 10 to get him to come to Philadelphia. Because Calgary can probably get away with saying, hey, Johnny, we, you saw how close we were this year. We, get, we re-sign you at 10, um, and we can keep this roster together, and we can make another, you know, we can keep pushing for the next several years. The Flyers have to convince him that, hey, you're the star player we're going to build around, and by the time that you're 31, 32, then we're ready to win a Stanley. I mean, that's kind of what the Flyers have to convince him of. So the Flyers might even have to go further than $10 million. Okay, how the hell do you do that, Russ? Take a look at this Flyers roster and show me where you're coming up with the space to spend $10, $11 million on Johnny Gaudreau. And let me ask you something before we do this. Yeah. Can we cover a different team? Let me just pitch it to you. Snow the goalie. There's nothing about it that's specifically tied to the Flyers. I know that the tagline is the only Flyers podcast. We could just as easily make this like the only Rangers podcast. We, <laughs> we even have Elite Sports New York that we could put the, the podcast on to. We could talk to our friends at Mile High Sports about like doing Snow the Goalie, the only Avalanche podcast. Uh, we, we could talk to our friends at Bleacher Nation and do the only Blackhawks podcast. Um, we have friends across the country that we work with. Why, why even bother? We could just... And listen, the people who listen to this show, a good amount of them are probably so bitter and jaded about the team anyway that they'd probably go with us too. <laughs> we, we could become the only Florida Panthers podcast. We could become the only Ottawa Senators podcast. We could become the Claude Giroux podcast. We have so many options that don't involve going through this with this team again. 
You want to look at the roster to figure out where the money is. I say look at the roster and watch how you're about to make history repeat itself again. You don't need to do this. Johnny Gaudreau is a lovely player this year. Johnny Gaudreau, the last two years, was not a lovely player. Now, we can go back to last year and we can say, all right, he had 49 points in 56 games. That's okay. 19 goals, 30 assists. Seemed to be trending okay. You go the year before, 58 points in 70 games. You go the year before, all right, 99 points in a full season. That's good. But, man, $11 million? He had 40 goals this year, which is great. Does anybody think he's going to put up anywhere near 40 goals with this Flyers team? Even if you make a few tweaks, even if you move a few parts, who's getting him the puck for 40 goals? I don't see it. And so if I'm saying, all right, the guy's almost 29, you're talking about $60 million you're going to commit to, whether it's six years or it's a set, you know, seven-year deal, <laughs> it goes to 70. This doesn't make any sense. Because if you're, jo- okay, if you're Johnny Gaudreau, you just lost a heartbreaking series. The Flames looked good. Edmonton did a thing that nobody seemed to think they were going to be able to do. But there's still a path to you finding success with that team because you are not the only good player on that team. Mm -hmm. You come here, one, you automatically are the best player on the team, at least in terms of perception. Mm -hmm. You know, you might want to make the case Sean Couturier is healthy. Is he the best player? Maybe. But based on points... You're going to be coming in off of a career year. Best offensive you're player. There's no doubt he's the best offensive player regardless. You're a 115-point player. So for the casual fan who checks in on this team and he says, all right, that, I mean, that's pretty impressive. 100-plus points is impressive, and it is. It absolutely is. I'm not trying to downplay that. All right, so you're going to come into Philly. You're going to be the best offensive player, arguably the best player on the team, arguably the most important in terms of production. Mm-hmm. Um, by a pretty long shot, you're the best player. Uh, you will be entering your age 29 season. Uh, there are deficiencies across the board in a lot of different positions here. There are a ton of question marks. We don't know who the head coach is going to be. One of them who's rumored to be in contention, John Tortorella, not exactly known for an offensive system that's going to you know, uh, replicate or help you replicate the 100-plus point production. Okay, we've got that. Barry Trotz, although, Barry Trotz same although thing. Although his 115 okay, points came with Daryl Sutter who is okay. a defensive-minded coach, so let's keep that in, Fair. put in perspective. Listen, good perspective. That's why you're here. You keep me honest, okay? <laughs> I love you for it. Fantastic. Um, and you have the added element that now you have to perform for the hometown team, which is a whole other level. There's a reason that that coward who plays for the LA Angels didn't come home. It's because he's a coward, but he's also smart because he knew that the pressure of having to perform for this team for this town, and to be at that next level, that's soul-crushing. And not everybody's up for it. I don't think it makes any sense for Johnny Gaudreau to come here. And by the way, if you're going to try to make the hometown pitch, that's supposed to be to try to bring the money down. I don't think we, we will continue this thought process. But like, if you're Gaudreau, it makes no sense. If you're the Flyers, it should make no sense. But yes, let's do the mental exercise. How do you get $11 million? Well, there's a big albatross. I can think of one. He's got three letters. It's not Rob Van Dam. It's not RVD. No, it's James Van Riemsdyk. Okay, it cost you picks to get rid of Shane Goss' Bears $4.5 million a year ago. James Van Riemsdyk's an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. Seattle didn't want to play ball on any players last year. They didn't want to eat any salary, so they could still suck. All right, let's go back. Let's just imagine that Seattle wants to get, get kind of weird. Let's imagine an Arizona wants to get weird. 
What's it going to cost to get rid of James Van Riemsdyk? Well, let's put it this and way. And what are we comfortable giving up? So let, let's, let, let's go there. So a, a third? A second? Yeah. So a second and a conditional third? So there are there, – actually, there's a lot of teams with more than projected cap space of more than $20 million um, okay. at the moment. Um, How many of them are bad teams? I'm not looking at the list. Uh, Seattle and, and Arizona well, are Chica- two of them. Chicago. Okay. Seattle. Okay. Ottawa. Well, I, I said that. Ottawa, Ottawa. Ottawa, yeah. Uh, New Jersey. Uh, Columbus. Arizona. Okay. Anaheim. <clears throat> Buffalo. Detroit. So we're at like se- seven, eight yeah. or so teams. Yeah. Okay. So, so what you're, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to find one of these teams with all this cap space, right? And you're going to say, all right, we need you to take JVR. Now, mm-hmm. my initial thought was because he's only got one year left on his deal, and he scored 24 goals this year, right? Um, and he still can be a productive player on the power play. Um, that some team would certainly be willing to take him if the Flyers were willing to eat, say, $2 million of the contract. Right? I mean, I think that's, that's... So there's five. That's, that's, right? probably, so there's probably, five. that's probably a fair perspective, right? Five million cleared. Yeah, you Sounds great. Clear sign five million, Where do pay I him sign? two... And he goes somewhere else, right? Can I extradite him to Canada? I'll send him there if we have to. <laughs> I will even drive. I don't have a passport right now, but I will drive him there. Okay. okay. Um, no if- offense. James Aaron Reams, like, great guy, friend of the show, called in back when we were on 610. James Aaron Reams, like, lovely guy. I think he was on the tarmac when he talked to us. Yes, he did. When that was right. Thank you for your the, service, James Aaron Reams. The tar- they were, were on right. the tarmac when that happened. Um, yeah. If that's the case... Uh, great, that's what you do. But looking mm-hmm. at Chuck's history, he's willing to pay dra- high draft picks to have someone take the full contract of a player. He did Anthony, it with- if you say what I think you might say, somebody's going to pull off the road. Somebody who's listening to the show might actually drive into a ditch. Please tell me you're not going with this where I, I very much fear you're going to take us. Well, they, they paid a second-round pick to Arizona to take Gostas Bear, which was a smaller right. contract, albeit over more years. Don't do that. Do you think that he oh might God, try and do, do the same thing, move a, draft, a high draft pick with Van Riemsdyk to get a team to take the entire pick? And could that draft pick be the pick you got for Claude Giroux from Florida, the, two, the 2024 first-rounder. Where did you go? Did you just run away? Oh, there you are. <sighs> I thought you, you said you didn't want to get angry tonight, Russ. This is why you watch the show on the uh, Crossing Broad YouTube channel. <laughs> Just for full perspective. Okay. <clears throat> no. 
Why is Chuck Fletcher still here? Well, I'm just, this, new, this is not I, a guarantee. I know, I know, I know. I know it's I know. not a guarantee. This isn't necessarily what Chuck Fletcher's saying. All right, cool. We're, a... we're collecting the puzzle pieces, all right? There's yeah, some puzzle not... pieces out there. there. There's also past precedent, which we're going to say. Those are the gray pieces. We're going to put them over here. Yeah. This is, this is, this is dear Chucky's, you know, uh, uh, this is child's play over here. You know, he just likes to, you know, kill the cap. All right, so, <laughs> so all right, that's over here. So, um, all right, nothing is off limits, even if it should be. Um... You don't, and if he makes that trade, okay, you, we think Owen Tippett might be okay. Owen Tippett will be on this team to start the year. That'll be good. We mm-hmm. hope that Owen Tippett has a, a successful NHL career. If all you have to show for trading your captain is Owen Tippett, again, could be a lovely player. We don't know. We'll see. And uh, moving JVR's contract. Well, you got to you got you got to say that you got to say that it, it, say that it, it so, would be to bring in this level of player. So no, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah. So you you trade your captain to have Owen Tippett to move JVR's contract and to commit potentially seventy million dollars to a player who's about to turn twenty nine who probably will not be able to replicate the same numbers that are going to get him that crooked number. Yeah, it sounds like the Flyers. I, yeah, I, th- I think uh, Chuck Fletcher should do it. I think it would be great. Well, keep, be mi- great. keep in mind that $7 millions, that's not it. That's oh, not that's a, right. You have to do more. That's not right? enough. You have to do more. So this, this disaster. L- listen. All right. So let's, let's envision this. All right. So we've got one piece of bread over here and another piece of bread over here. I believe this is what Kevin Kincaid will call it. A shit sandwich. Um, all right, so we, we, we're pushing it together. But then there's still three to four million dollars that still needs to get cleared. So all right, let's, let's smush the sandwich a little bit. And we've just cleared, we've cleared some space, but we still have three million to clear. Uh, let me pull up Cap Friendly really quick because I want to I wanna play along with you here. Um, well, there, there are a few players that you could theoretically move. I don't think that any of them are a particularly good decision. Um, well, okay. I mean, an, an easy one here, a guy who actually has value would be Cam Atkinson. Um, Not but if you're, the, if you're trying to do the... Keep you know, in mind the, he's got the, a no-trade clause, the, too. I know. But if you're trying to do the... Uh, you know, the uh, well, it's a modified no-trade. But like if, if you're trying to do the... Uh, the aggressive retool. Cam Atkinson's a good player. I like Cam Atkinson. I have no problem with him being here. Travis Konechny, five and a half million? Possible. Well, Possible think, that, that... But I think that's a player for player. I think that goes back to your hockey trade. Yeah, that's a, he's, if he's going to go, it's going to be part of a hockey trade. And that's where, they're de- they're, that's where they're the most deep in the organization. Keep in mind, if you look at the right wing position, um, you have Atkinson, you have Konechny, you have Tippett, <laughs> um, and then coming up in the... You know, you have Allison and you have <laughs> Forster... Um, and, and you just drafted that kid last year uh, to Amala. I mean, they have a lot of right wings in this organization. Sure. I, I think if you're going to trade from somewhere, that's your, that's your position of strength to trade from. That and goalie, in all honesty. Okay, so let me, so let me keep going. Farabee, of course not. Lawton, $3 million. No. We, and we talked, this is back when we had Chuck Fletcher on the show, about the reason that they didn't trade him. Uh, last year was because he realized he was going to have to go out and acquire a guy. Okay, well, uh, you you have just under seven million committed to Ivan Provorov. You have over five million committed to Rasmus Ristolainen, a deal that was wildly agreed upon by both the eye test and analytics. That was a great move. 
Um, Travis Sanheim uh, is making just under $5 million, and he's a UFA next year. And then you've got a bunch of guys who are making less than a million. Oh, I, I, missed, I missed one. I missed one. Oscar Lindblom. Oh. He's got, he's got this season coming up at $3 million, and then he's an RFA. I mean, are the, they're not going to trade Oscar Lindblom, right? They're they're not going to do any. They, they can't. Wait, well, they can, but so so here's my I thought can, on Oscar. Here's my thought on Oscar Lindblom. I don't think that I don't think he's tradable because I don't think I think teams watched enough of him this year to realize that he's not going to be sadly not going to be the player he was right before his cancer diagnosis. I think that you know they were willing to give it up, give it through this season, and see if you know. Obviously, he came back, came back a little early. You know, obviously, couldn't play in the playoffs. That was just more of a motivational, yeah. inspirational story. First year back is during the whole COVID thing, and like he was really still not himself. But he had a full summer to train, get himself right, get his body right, and he just and he's a competitor and he plays his ass off, but. He's just not that player anymore. And I just think that there are, there's a limitation physically. <coughs> and so even though it's only one year at $3 million, like I'm not certain that someone's willing to take that gamble and say, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll take a shot on him and see what happens because he is still an RFA. You would still, have, you know, you would still you know, own his rights and be able to re-sign him again after that. Um, but I, I I don't I don't know I don't think I don't think a team's willing to give up anything for a risk like that. So if you're the Flyers and you need that money, and obviously when you look at where they are currently, just currently who you have on the team, I don't see Oscar Lindblom as a top nine forward. I think if he was to play on this team next year, he's a fourth line guy. You can't afford to pay a fourth liner three million dollars, in 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 the, with the flat cap, you just can't. So maybe you buy him out, Russ. I don't like him. I'm just again, just yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you, and I hear the the logic behind it. I I don't like it at all. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, fuck. All right, so let's let's go through this because it's I guess there. If we're putting our puzzle pieces together, then it means that there's probably been a rumbling about it. Okay. So if you buy out Oscar Lindblom, who's set to make $3 million, um, he's got $4 million remaining on his base salary. You can buy him out June 15th uh, per cap friendly. Um, the buyout length splits up over two years. There'd be a cap hit. Uh, the buyout cost would be just under 700000 The cap hit to the Flyers it would save them uh, $333,000 this year, it looks like. And then it looks like next year they would actually uh, have to take a, a cap hit of uh, six hundred sixty-seven thousand or so. So it does, it frees up about two million. It frees up about it looks like three million this year. It gets that number off the books, mm-hmm. but then next year you're you're paying just over half a million uh, for him not to play. Man, I don't know. I. But it gets you the money. I'm usually I'm. It, it I'm gets you the money. Mr. It gets you the I, I money get you need to make it to make the push for a Gaudreau type player. It is. I mean, if you're if you're an organization that is afraid of shitty optics, that one is the one that is going to burn things to the ground. 
No, I'm serious. And I don't even mean that from like a from like the business side. We've gone after the business side enough like when it's warranted or whatever. But like you, look, if I'm if I all right, so let me let me put on my Dave Scott hat, okay? I don't have a Dave Scott hat. Dave Scott, you're listening. Send me a hat, please. And also come on the podcast. We'll ask you nice questions. So let me put on my Dave Scott hat. I don't, I don't want the optics. I will gladly find another way, not me. I will trust that the hockey guy, Chuck Fletcher, that I've hired can find another way to rid this team of $3 million because the optics of buying out the guy who survived a rare cancer is a cluster F. It is next-level nuclear waste spilled into the Schuylkill River bad. I, if Chuck Fletcher considers that, he needs, he needs to be removed. Like, if, if that is what he goes to Dave Scott with and says, you need to sign off on this. Dave Scott, listen, you cannot allow that. Because, I, again, I don't think this team is good enough. I don't think that there's a path to this team being good enough to legitimately contend next year. Eat the money for a year. And then next season, when he's an RFA, you can make a decision. All right? Because then you see, maybe he, maybe he is only a fourth-line guy. Maybe he's like the rotational forward that, that is in and out of the lineup. But at least let the guy go out the right way. Buying him out is just... Man, I, I know. The only way that you buy him out is you immediately, and hockey guys don't do this, so this isn't going to happen. You say, we tried to explore the trade market. We don't think the trade market was there at the current money, but we do believe that Oscar's going to have a chance to sign on with another team. There were a few teams that were interested, but they didn't want to take him on at a $3 million cap hit. So we've, we've bought his contract out, and we're very confident that he's going to sign with another team at a lower money. That's the only way to buy yourself any kind of of public acceptance. Well, I think that that's fair. I th- and I think and maybe that- that's what that that might ha- there. I just once again, the the snow the goalie consulting team here. <laughs> we've just figured out a way to to get this team out of an optics mess. Yeah, I mean that's but I don't that's like certainly it. that's I certainly like what it. I think what would happen, Ross. I I don't think that Oscar Lindblom <clears throat> would not be given another chance in the NHL. I do think someone would. I just don't think any team wants sure. to take on the three million dollar contract. That's really what it is. Because right now he's like no that. better than a fourth line player. He's not, but like I don't know. Can we can we give him another? Can we give him one more season? Again, I don't think the team's going to be good. So what is it? What hurt? What what harm does it do? Like we we spend the harm years is, is they're and, not going to be able to do what they want to do. Okay, if you and, were just bringing we the spend, team, if you were just bringing the team back as is, then yeah, sure, absolutely, you can give them another year. We've spent years though talking about overpaid veterans that are here because they're good leaders in the locker room. Is there no monetary value to the leadership that Oscar Lindblom brings? Is there, does it mean nothing? I mean, if you're going to tell me no, if you're going to say that like there is no value that that brings or that it, what it brings is worth $400,000 or $600,000, but not 3 million. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I do not like it. I don't necessarily I will come know that onto he this show, I and I will, I will flay, I will flay, the people who thought this was a good idea. I don't know if he's got leadership value as much as he is just a guy that's really well liked. He's just, you know, you what I mean, need those guys. Yeah, well, you, you, you certainly, need those certainly guys. need those guys. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But I don't necessarily. I'm not saying he's like the rah rah guy in front of the. Yeah, no, the I, team. I, I, don't like, think, I don't think the Flyers look at him as a, as a leadership type, but I do look think that they look <laughs> at him as. He's a guy that no matter what we ask him to do, he'll do it. 
he'll he'll fit in with whatever group we have. Um, yeah. He's not going to ruffle any feathers. He will be liked by everyone because he's just a, that likable of a kid, that likable of a guy. Um, and, and that's fine. And you can have that guy on, on your team, and that's wonderful. But is it worth $3 million? Is that's, that's the question. You know, I, I don't know. I think sometimes, you know, you look at guys who are fourth liners and guys who are, you know, veterans who just get brought in and they don't play a lot, but they, they fit on a team just because they have that kind of infectious personality. They're still only making veteran minimums in a lot of time in a lot of places. They're not making three million. James Aaron Rimsike was making seven million dollars <laughs> to be a fourth line player for this team in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I'm not kidding. No, but that's a different. I story. mean, I, I, I know that that was like sending a message and everything. But like yeah. at the same time. It, like, it does happen. I don't like it. All right. Can yeah, we please you move can't off play. this? I think it so, does, it, okay. does it happen? It happens, but I don't think it happens as a planned happen. You know what I'm saying? Sure. It's not – you don't yeah. go, this is our plan going into the season to have a $3 million yeah. fourth liner. He may end up there, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not part of the plan initially, right? So, uh, so I mean, that's how I look at it, Russ. And I, and I sit there, again, like I said, just from talking to some people, just from listening around, kind of getting the sense of, of where the team might be. Look, I do think there's other people on this roster who could get moved. Like we talked about Konechny. I think I think Konechny is a is a real possibility as a trade candidate, as is Morgan Frost, um, a real candidate as a uh, to be traded. Um, you know, I do think there are players that could go, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that they you know that that this is you know that if you're going to go get a big name player. And I don't know who gets who who they get you in a trade. Like if you if you were combined, let's just say for for kicks, you were to combine Konechny and Frost in a deal, right? Okay. Who does that get you? Okay, so I I do have a, I have an idea. I will move Travis Konechny, <coughs> who we like, friend of the show. I will move Travis Konechny and Morgan Frost along with James Van Riemsdyk, and that Florida pick. And maybe even another pick. I'll send them to Arizona as as our offer among many offers for Chikrin. Not a great I'm not saying it's great. It does kill two birds with one stone. I don't think you need to give it up that you, it, I don't think you need to give up that much. Oh, I would. I think it's fine. Uh, no, you're no, getting but no, but what I'm saying is I think you're giving, uh, you're giving up too much talent is what I'm saying. Are you though? For Chikrin. I mean, look. Yes, I know you're no, asking. No, no seriously, take, break, you're asking no, to take. Seriously, the, break this. You're break asking this to take the draft pick and and um, and Van Riem's like contract, mm-hmm. right? But so, but that, but that. In other words, the draft pick is Van Re- is is the compensation for Van Riem's contract. That that is the that is the the cost of getting rid of Van Riemsdyk's contract. Right. So that's but it, so, not so just so being so a that's dump not, that's because not you're getting of, back a good you're getting back a good player. But but what I'm saying and, but what I'm saying to you is is that. You have to just basically take that out of the equation. Like you're including it, yeah, okay. you're including it, sure. but it has, it has zero to do with the actual trade for for Chikrin. So then, basically, what you're yeah. saying is the trade for Chikrin is connect Morgan Frost and, Frost and another draft pick. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't. I think it's too much. I, mean, it's, I think that's what it's. I think that's going to become a very competitive trade market this off season. It could. I do. But I think that. That's, and I think that's that's that that much. that might be what the cost of doing business is. But again. You're able to at least look at it and say, now we've cleared that money and we've gotten back another good defenseman. 
And like this team, especially because they don't know what Ryan Ellis is or what his health is going to be, and Ivan Provorov is this big Russian question mark, and Rasmus Ristolainen, although loved by the uh, analytics community, we still, you know, we might not necessarily be as sold. I think you are, but I, you know, maybe me. Call me stupid, but I, I'm not too sure. Sanheim's in the last year of his deal, and then he's a UFA. You know, just if you get Chikrin, does that make Travis Sanheim a potential trade chip to go after something else? Because with Chikrin, at least you'd have a guy under contract, whereas Sanheim, you're going to have to shell out probably more money, who's arguably the team's best defenseman last year. If things kind of go the same way, he's going to get a sizable increase over, what is he making, 4.5, 4.6 this year? Sanheim? Yeah. 4.6, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that. This is this is me now kind of playing fantasy GM. But, like, if you think about it, 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 it could help this team to get a young defenseman under contract because I think the Sanheim thing is going to become a mess. Either you're going to have to re-sign him to a pretty significant number or he's going to end up becoming a potential trade chip. I'm just saying. I, I'm not saying I like any of this, by the way. It's just, like, this is what happens when you run a team into salary cap hell. And it's not just Chuck Fletcher who did it. But he certainly has not helped. And what you're talking about here is moving a whole bunch of pieces in the hope that you can convince the hometown kid to come here for more money than Calgary's going to offer, to come in and ultimately be a disappointment. The only way that Johnny Gaudreau does not come in and be a disappointment is if he lifts the Stanley Cup at some point, preferably in the first three years of that contract. And Ant, can you sit there and honestly say that if that's the main move, and they make a few, you know, fringe moves here this year. Is this year going to be a year if Johnny Gaudreau leads the way, if Ryan Ellis comes back healthy and Sean Couturier is healthy and Kevin Hayes is healthy? Is that a team that is a an Eastern Conference finalist? No. I don't think so either. So again, I come back to what are we doing? You know, but is like, it a playoff? That's why. But is it a playoff team? It could, yeah, it could be. Could, it could be. Could sure. Be. It, it could be. Yeah, could be. But is that is that all we care about? Well, no, but we've had to, that. Before. You have to get there first, right? I mean, you have to be that before you're, before you're a cup contender. You don't just go from being the worst team in hockey to being a cup contender in one year. Although you can do it the other yeah. way around, as we saw what Montreal did. Sure. Right? Yeah. Right. You can go the other way, but no, but you don't just go from being a, you know the sh- one of the shittiest teams in, on record to being a Stanley Cup contender one season to the next. Doesn't sure. really happen. I mean, I guess the closest. But okay, the, but the closest anybody ever came was the Flyers when <laughs> when Homer was the GM yes. in 0708 and they had the worst record in hockey and went to the conference finals. But I don't think anyone believed that they had a shot to beat Pittsburgh, and that was even if they had a healthy Coburn and, and Teeman and and when they both when they got hurt and the play, I was like, all right, well, forget it. <laughs> like, there's no yeah. there's no prayer now, right? I mean, this is just not going to happen. Um, but. <sighs> But and here's the problem. Like, look at look at next year, right? Like, look at next year's cap. Even if you move some of these guys that we're talking about, this isn't providing you long term cap relief. It's not. And so, all right, like well, if you look, the first, not looking for long term cap relief. Well, you, you're going to need cap space again next year if you're going to try to add another star player to this mix to then take that next step to become a cup contender. Is what I'm saying. And again, like this is part of the problem with them making moves where they go out and they say, we have this need for better or worse. We're going to go out and we're, and we're going to get ourselves locked into a long-term deal. I, I, well, you're right. The and whole that, thing just... You're right, but here's the thing that ooh, we're... That we're that. Here's the one thing that we haven't really 
we haven't really kind of dove into is is that they really like their prospects. Whereas they weren't in love yeah. with the ones that they were left with when they got here, but they like a lot of the ones that they drafted. Wow. That are coming. Think about, but think about that, Ed. Like, of course they do. Well, They're yeah, the, yeah, that, but you're, I, you mean to tell me that they... they what I mean I, I by mean, this, what I mean by that, Russ, I know what you're saying. Is, that they belie- is they believe that some of the guys that they have coming are going to be not just NHL players. They're going to be NHL players that could be all-stars. <clears throat> okay. I mean, they believe, they believe in Forster. They really do. I mean, they think that this kid's going to be an elite goal scorer. And maybe he will be. He, he, anything is possible. You know? So we, we got, anything we got, possible. Well, you've got to weigh that, right? I mean, when you're, when you're thinking about the future future, not just next season, and you're thinking about down the road, you, you kind of have to think, take that into consideration, right? I mean, you've got to say, well, where, where are we going to be with this guy? And then, you know, they have the fifth overall pick <coughs> this year. You know, what does that pick become? Um, sure. You know, it could be a defenseman. Could be it could be a uh, Savoy who's kind of slipped down the radar a little bit. Um, you know, I th- I think that there's a possibility that they're going to get either Savoy or one of the two defensemen. Um, really, kind of depends on what happens in front of them. You know, New Jersey has kind of made it known that they're they're willing to trade their pick at two. Um, so there's a lot of craziness that could go on at that draft. So the Flyers, I think, are preparing themselves for either the run to be forward, 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 and then they get the pick of the defenseman. Or somebody trades up to get one of the defensemen and then they have to decide between the other one and the, the next forward, right? Like, and who do they Or like maybe the Flyers best, trade so. out of five and they move down to, like, eight. They could. And they pick up another pick for two years from now, and that'll could, be fun. Could happen. Could happen. I could see I that. I would almost I rather. Them, it, I could see them moving down. In all honesty, I can see them moving down from five. I think this was going to happen. No, no, but I can see them moving down from five, a couple of spots, like you just said, maybe to eight or nine, and get the yep. second round pick next year back that they don't have it, that they don't have right now. And now all of a sudden, you're now you're loading up on twenty three picks, where you would then have a one, a two, and three threes, right? And now all of a sudden, you have some some capital to work with in a very deep draft that a, a lot of people love. So I think that that's a possibility. I certainly think that's a possibility. And it might not be. It might be the right way to go. It might be a down the road, forward thinking kind of um, move, where you could still get the player that you've been scouting, who a lot of people have dropped. And like I said, I mean, they were scouting Savoy pretty heavily in Winnipeg, um, yeah. and you know, a lot of people had originally had him as a top five pick. Kind of fell down now that a lot of people think he's going to be somewhere in that eight to twelve range. But if the Flyers really like him. Um, and they can say, all right, well, we'll move back from five, pick up an extra pick, and still draft that player that we think that we still think is a top five caliber player. So, I mean, yeah, that 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 would be a kind of a, a savvy move, in all honesty. Um, so, I think that that's a possi- I think that's a real possibility too. So, yeah, I think you really have to, if you're looking long term, you have to take into consideration who's coming through the pipeline a little bit. You can't just sit there and say, well, they're going to spend this money, and they're going to spend this. Well, of course, you're always going to be spending money in some capacity, but you really have to consider: are these kids going to be you know, the kids that we want. And one thing I will say, they really want to keep Mike Yo in the organization. <laughs> and it might be better suited for him, Russ, I know you're laughing at this, right? But it might be better suited to have him be a player development guy than to be an assistant coach at the NHL level. And I say that because the one thing that he did really well as a head coach was help the young guys develop. 
the young guys played well under him. Yeah. So maybe that's what you're looking for. Maybe that you found a strength of this guy, and you say, you know what? We want to keep you. We like you. And we think that there's a real value for what you do. What if you're, what if you're in, you know, t- near the top of our player development department and you work with these kids and get them ready for the NHL? And makes that makes their their transition a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, a little bit better. That might not be a bad well, thing either. <clears throat> so you might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, I guess I would say that if that's the the case, that um, well, I think that there might be another reason that they would keep him. Um, I think this would be um, a perfect candidate to be Chuck Fletcher's uh, Gord Murphy. I think it'd be really great. <laughs> Uh, we'll just, yeah, you, you see what I'm doing there because for those who don't remember, uh, go back and read Anthony's, uh, lovely story about the uh, demise of Ron Hextall and his little spies everywhere. But the, I am, I, and I told you I didn't want to get angry. Okay. We don't, we talked about like the incestuous nature of coaches and front office people in this league. It did. It didn't work here. All right. It didn't. It didn't work in the last stop. Didn't work in the stop before that. Could he be a good player development guy? Maybe. I guess. I don't. I don't know. What are we doing? What? 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 Okay. Let me get back to the the player, the the the, the plan. Right. So let's say that you want to continue to punt to pick up more picks for twenty three, which you know I'm all about. That's fine. Why would you make all these other moves and potentially deal the Florida pick to clear James Van Riemsdyk's money, right? Why would you take away a good future asset to make a short-term move to try to bring in Johnny Gaudreau when we're talking about, like, Forster and a few of these other guys that they think are going to be, you know, NHL players or contributors? That's not next year. That's two or three years down the line when Johnny Gaudreau is 31, 32, 33, Okay, you just traded a captain who kind of fit that bill, right? The last couple of years, and it didn't work. Yeah, but I think now we, I think we a lot of the younger think... players who were who were supposed to be the next level guys didn't develop, and so like maybe you're running it back with the same ideology, but like it like but just think, pick a plan. I think you the, can't have well, your. Well, here, here. here's where I think the plan is. I think the plan is let's do what Hextall didn't do. Let's bring in a star player that's equivalent to Giroux and, and Gaudreau, and Gaudreau is maybe even better, right? Let's bring him in and then build around him, bring in talent around him, which the Flyers never did. Hextall's timing was way off because he thought yeah. that his players would be better faster, and they were not better faster, nor did they reach the, the level that he maybe thought that they would get to, which is what set the yeah. team back. So because of that, Giroux was left by himself in a lot of ways, right? Um, The thought process, I think, here is to say, say, we have players that we think will be ready to go while Gaudreau is in his prime. We don't have to wait for him to be 34 years old before we try and get good. Like, we think we can get there in the next two years, and he's in his prime. And we can surround him with these good players, Bobby Brink, um, Tyson Forrester, uh, Zade Wisdom, who I didn't even mention, who I think is going to be like a, th- a, sure. a nice little third-line player for this team. Um, and whoever the number five pick ends up being, or the number eight or nine, right. or whatever whoever this use, year, whoever ends up year, next, year's, next pick, year's pick. Right? So, and so, this comes back again, though. If you're Johnny Gaudreau, that's what you're being sold on, is 
here, we're going we're gonna to offer yeah. you $11 million to come and be the, the best player. Again, be the best player, have the hometown pressure. And also, by the way, we're probably not going to be any kind of a real contender here. We're hoping that in two or three years, a bunch of these kids develop into real good studs. I don't think that's an easy pitch to make. No, but, you see, but again, you're, you are saying we're not a real contender, whereas people in, the, in, in hockey – Firmly believe you just get to the playoffs and you, anything can happen. I mean, that's just that's what they, and that's th- so so in their mindset. You bring in Gaudreau and you bring in another, like I said, second tier kind of kind of player, and everybody's healthy and ready to go. You know, got Couturier back. Ellis can play. Whatever the case might be. Now all of a sudden, you have a team that's probably yeah. You know, maybe they're not going to win the division. Can they finish in third place in the division? Maybe if not, be one of the two wild cards. Sure. And then if you're in that spot, you have a chance. And that's all that they want. And, and you know, that's what players want. Yes, they ultimately want to be in the position of the, you know, that Colorado and Tampa and the Rangers and, and Edmonton are in right now. Of course. Of course you want that. That's the better goal. There's no, but there's no guarantee of that, right? I mean, when you look at it, three of the four teams that are currently in the Final Four, and you talk about them being star, star-laden teams, and they are, but three of these four teams – didn't even have home ice in the first round. Mm-hmm. Didn't even have home ice in the first round. They have star-studded teams. What's that? They have star-studded teams. Talent, talent ultimately can can upset home ice advantage. No, but I'm saying, but, they, but they, what there's I'm only saying, a what certain I'm saying to you, of- What I'm saying to you is, is that they finished in spots where we're saying the Flyers could technically finish if yeah. they have these four four players next year, three, four players next year for a full season. It's so yeah, but I, don't, so, I don't think, yeah, but I, I'm not of the belief that, that this three or four players that you're going to have are at the same level oh, as... Of course they're not. Of course they're not. There's, well, no, so the, there's no question that they're not. But then again, if I say to you, I say to you, again, let's, let's, let's go pie in the sky here for a second. Let's say Trotz decides he wants to be the coach here. Well, when he took the Islanders to the conference finals, did anybody look at that team and say, oh, they're loaded with, with talent to go to a conference final? No. no. And yet they did it two years in a row. Yeah. Okay? So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, I need to see beyond this year if this year is just the anomaly where, where the star-laden teams have managed to get their way to the conference finals. Like, is this what it's going to look? We'll know next year. Like obviously next year we'll have a bigger sample size than just this postseason. Yeah, but but, but really this is the first this here, is the first time in a but, long long time that you've had four teams you. like this in the final four. I hear you. We can, but even if you go back around, right? The the Panthers had a ton of talent. Sure they did. Right, like that was Toronto had a ton a of talent. Ver- they had a ton of talent. Calgary had a Calgary ton of had a ton of talent. Yes, and so it's just like the. I think you see what I'm saying, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be like super crazy alarmist. I'm not going off on like a wild conspiracy theory about how there's no path to viability for this team. What I'm just saying is, they are so far away, as as currently constructed, that even if you add a Johnny Gaudreau and Barry Trotz decides to take the job, I don't think that this team is still at that point good enough to be like, yeah, screw it. You know, potential conference final. I don't see it. I know you you have like the traditional hockey mindset get in, you know, we all like to go back to the St. Louis, you know, anomaly which is what it was and like that's fine. But like I want sustained success and I want sustained success over a period of time. And so I just don't think that all the short-term moves that it looks like 
and like the puzzle piece is all coming together here. A, a lot of short-term moves could ultimately have really negative repercussions on this team long-term. And I'm not willing, from my vantage point, to sell out what could be a fruitful future here. Like, you could make a few moves but, if you decided we're going to play this two-, three-year game. What, but let me ask you this, though. Let me, let me just stop you for a second and ask you this question. Sure. What of of what of what we're discuss of what we've discussed for these quote unquote short term moves? What which one of them has blown up the future? Like I don't. James see- Van Reems like having to be moved with a first round pick is not good. Well, I I, I, I agree. I agree. We we came we came up with two scenarios that could kind of make it palatable. But like long term, you should want as many of those high picks as you can I, I, because I, you don't you don't know what Florida will be. There's always the chance that there's I, a fluke I agree. injury season. You I agree, it. but the only the only thing I can the only thing I can say is if it nets you a superstar caliber player, then I look at it and say that's worth it. It's almost like you traded the pick to get the player. Sure. If you can guarantee me that Johnny Gaudreau is going to be 115, 116-point Johnny Gaudreau, by all means. And I'll, t- I'll go one further. If you can guarantee me that he's going to be even close to that player, then you can trade the number five pick. Figure out your way around the cap. Go out and get another star. Trade, the f- trade number five. Trade a bunch of stuff. I don't care. Figure out a way. Start working some cap magic. Get two stud players into this team. And we can talk. Get two studs and like Barry Trotz. And like I will change my tune because at that point it'll be warranted. But I, to me, I don't think that there's a way to do that, right? Like I don't think that there is a way to clear enough cap that trading the fifth overall pick makes sense and that you're going to get that kind of quality star. I don't think you can do that and get Gaudreau and get Trotz. I think that's like pie in the sky. And at the same time, I get that you don't like the idea of like, just kind of let the chips fall where they may. Let the team be bad this year. Let next year get as many high picks as you can and, and roll it out. And then next year start signing guys again. Like, that's where I want to be. Have one more mediocre year. Let, let bad contracts play out. Potentially move some pieces along the way. It get may, high picks it next may end year. Up put being, it all together. It may end up being that, Russ. It may end up being that. And I think that. that'd be great. I think it'd be fantastic. But I don't think that's it ha- what I want. But I don't think it has to be. As long as you're not blowing up the future in the sense that you're trading away these young players that you think could be NHL caliber and you're at the same time depleting yourself of all of the, of the draft picks that you have. I mean, yeah, if you have to move yeah. one or whatever, that's fine. But, I mean, as long as you're not doing that too, then I don't have a problem trying to do something short term. Because, like I said, you could get lightning in the bottle and, and end up winning something and, and be – a great story. I mean, how much fun would that be? Like, we don't expect it, and all of a sudden, here we are this time next year. Like, holy shit, the Flyers are still playing. What what happened? Like, we never would have expected this a year ago, right? And you'll be cutting yeah. this up, and you'll be like, you know, Ant was such a such a prognosticator. Look what he said on June second, twenty twenty two. I mean, but I, would, I mean, like, I the, would certainly do it. For right? Me. I mean, but so that's what I'm I saying. I just don't like, think it's gonna. I. It's just that the the odds are so stacked. Odds are long. That like I absolutely yeah. odds are long. But but what I'm saying is is that as long as you're not as long as you're not depleting your system, right? Yeah. Then there's no then there's no worry in trying to do that. I want to just see the team articulate a plan. Like I, I want them to go one way or the other. I don't want this middle of the road. We think that we can build short and long term because I just don't think it's possible right now. 
I, pick, whereas I pick do, a path. I, I think you, can, I think you can in hockey. I don't think you can in other sports. But, it's, but, but I, think I think it's too much hockey. of a. I think it's too much of like a quasi stopgappy thing, and I don't like it. So again, build me, build me a boat to believing that that's possible. Okay, pick a plan, articulate it well, and let's have a good team. I don't want this team to suck again. I want this team to be good. I want us to be able to talk about a good hockey team. I feel like the best way to get there, again, just let the chips fall where they may. Next year is going to be kind of brutal, but it is a good year to get these young guys, NHL reps at the NHL speed in the NHL, right? And then go into the 2023-24 season, or that off season, go in there ready to spend money, ready to move some things as needed, use your high draft picks, have a legitimate shot. Who knows? Listen, Ant, they're gonna, if they go out and get Johnny Gaudreau, I'm going to sit here and say it's the greatest thing ever and the Flyers are going to win the Stanley Cup. All right, let's not kid anybody. That's what's going to happen. But in the meantime, let's be real here. Um, before we head out, because my computer is going to die, um, we did get a new five-star review, which is great because we haven't been shilling for five-star reviews in a while. And uh, everybody knows that it makes Anthony very warm and fuzzy when he sees a nice positive review come across uh, Apple Podcasts. Don't forget, if you're on Spotify... You go over to where the, uh, the show is, go to the show page, and you can leave a five-star uh, rating underneath. You can't leave kind words for us, but at least you can leave that, uh, that, that rating, and that's nice. You can also do that on Apple Podcasts, but of course, we like, we like the reviews. Remember, we only read five-star reviews. So if you want to, I don't know, like make a case that um, the show would be so much better if Anthony just got to riff on his own for an hour, make a five-star review. You can crap all over me. I'll read the damn thing. It has to be a five-star review. One-star review... Three-star, four-star means nothing. Sorry. So five-star review from uh, T Heat Dog. Oh, yes. The Best Flyers podcast. I appreciate Russ and his humor, Anthony and his genius hockey insights, and Bundy for his bluntness and speaking truth into our unrealistic hopes about the hockey team, the Flyers. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, so thanks, Bundy, for keeping us healthy. We'll make sure that we pass those words along, but thank you, T Heat Dog. Thank you. Thanks, T. Heat Dog. That's good stuff. I like that. Yeah. I think that's it's time. Good. Listen, that's a nice little positive note to end on. It is. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at AntSanPhilly at Joy on Broad. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at SnowTheGoalie, Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. Don't forget, you have any kind of a, uh, uh, a device that uses uh, S-I-R-I or a-L-E-X-A, so I'm doing there, or a G-O-O-G-L-E. I don't want anybody having their smart speakers or their phones or anything freaking out. But remember, you can, uh, hands-free, you can ask to play the latest episode of Snow the Goalie Flyers podcast. Bingo, bango, bongo, you're good. You can also go over to YouTube.com slash Crossing Broad where you can watch the full episode. So uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the uh, subscribe button down below. What do they say? Bang that. Pound pound that. Hit that. Subscribe. I think it's hit that. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. All right. All right. Uh, but anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Hopefully the Flyers will do something. It's like that, that meme of the thing with the stick. Like do something. Hopefully the Flyers will do something by next week. But until then, that's it. I'm Russ. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on the only Flyers podcast, Snow the Goalie.